there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. It's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your hosts, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Welcome into this week's edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner. And I'm Alex Jewell. We hope you had a nice extended three-day weekend and enjoyed your Easter, however you may have celebrated. It's always a, uh event. We're usually stuck out at a ballpark, Alex. I hope you got your ham and enjoyed a little downtime. I did. It was a fantastic Easter. I'm currently calling in from Pennsylvania. We were with some family, and we actually did – our big Easter dinner on Saturday. So yesterday we had a little bit of a non-traditional Easter cookout, which was uh, just as good. Of course, had some leftovers from Saturday as well. And well, there's still plenty of leftovers. So I'll be eating ham sandwiches for the next couple of days, but no complaining here because it's good ham. I had some ham myself this morning from breakfast. I had Kathy Steiner cut me up some of that ham and we were all good. So we appreciate uh, everything that everybody does to celebrate however they may do. We would have been celebrating the EMU spring game that was scheduled for over the weekend before everything got canceled. Instead, we celebrated in a different way as we closed out EMU's celebration of the 20 best victories since it became Division One. And then tomorrow we'll close out the uh, men's basketball side of things as well. Alex, anything that surprised you from those two lists so far? Well, what I would definitely say is that if you haven't had a chance to read them yet, go back and take a look because one thing that surprised me is as we got later in the series for the greatest football victories, victories started popping up that I was a part of since I started my time at Eastern. And it's funny because you have such vivid memories of those games that you were at and a part of, but when you read about them again, there's always one or two little facts or interesting tidbits about that game that you kind of read and you go, wait a minute, I don't, I don't remember that. Or, oh yeah, I do, I do remember that, but I don't have it at the top of my memory. So it's always just kind of fun to have those heartwarming feelings and, and reading about those memories. So if you're an Eastern alum or just a fan that has been around and for a lot of those games, take a look. It's, it's really worth the time and it's great always to, 
to go back in the memory machine and and relive some of those great moments in Eastern Michigan history. Some of them we've also rolled out on our part of Video Vault uh, series as well. So if you haven't checked that out, we'll be rolling out some new ones uh, as the weeks come uh, and go. But one of the things that uh, we'll get started this weekend is we partnered with EMU's Campus Life uh, to do a virtual trivia night. We're used to doing trivia nights a couple times a week if we can uh, when we're not stuck at home. So this will be a treat as you two can log in Thursday night and compete against the best against the EMU trivia knowledge and sports knowledge in general. Absolutely. A great chance to stay engaged with a lot of your friends and even some competitors. I know that we have a lot of competitive trivia players out there and it's awesome because Eastern Michigan now allowing you to, to do it Eastern Michigan centric trivia. So I know we have athletics trivia coming up. We worked on those questions. I think we've got a good batch of them. So if you think you know about Eastern athletics, take your crack at it, get some friends together. It's a great way, super simple, super easy to log on and do and register. So get your friends together and there's even prizes involved, Greg. So a great opportunity to stay engaged, even if you're not uh, able to be on campus, which of course we're not able to be right now. So looking forward to winning surprises and showing off Dem Iggs uh, once again. As we look ahead to this week's episode of the podcast, a couple different guests that we've uh, dialed up and called from their houses to bring to your house. We'll start off on the baseball side of things. Alex, you were able to catch up with a senior who saw his season cut short. Yeah, Davis Feldman. I call him the 19-year senior because it seems like he's been at Eastern Michigan forever. We're good friends, and he's joined the podcast before. And we really go down the rabbit hole of a bunch of different topics. Greg, it's not a super long conversation, but it's a great conversation from everything about hearing that his season was ended all the way to kind of what he's doing now at home. He's with his brother and his sister back at home and some of the chores that he's not liking doing uh, for his parents, but nonetheless, a great conversation. And then you and I both got to sit down with Gretchen Buskirk, who's our associate AD for sports medicine. And there were some great topics that we covered with her. Yeah, it's a worthwhile interview. We hope you uh, will tune in and listen. We've got all that and plenty more in store. We've already got guests lined up for next week, and you can't wait to, to hear what we have, a super edition coming up for you. Absolutely, a Super Bowl champion edition of next week's Eastern Insider podcast. We'll sit down with the one and only Andrew Wiley, a good friend of ours. And, well, there's just not a great way to preview the conversation until we'll put some teasers out this week because he really is a man, a myth, and a legend uh, with some of the topics that he covers. So we'll look forward to that next week. But first, let's take you out to Davis Feldman and then Gretchen Buskirk. More on the Eastern Insider right after this. Welcome back to the Eastern Insider Zoom edition as we are joined by a frequent guest on the Eastern Insider. It's Davis Feldman of the baseball team. And Davis, you guys had one of the more surreal experiences with this whole COVID-19 pandemic as your team was actually on the road in Manhattan, Kansas, when you got the news that not only was the weekend over, but the season was over. I talked to Coach Roof a couple weeks ago. Take me through a little bit of how that uh, kind of experience happened and, and what it was like being a part of, of that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, so the night before we left, I think it was a Wednesday night, the NBA suspended their season. So we were all kind of like, that's kind of crazy because we're leaving tomorrow for Kansas. Um, whatever, but uh, plan stayed the same. Woke up at like 
bus left Eastern at like 3.30 to go to the airport, hopped on a plane at 6, flew to Kansas. Um, we practiced there from like 11.30 to 1.30. And then right at the end of practice, Coach Roof was just like, hey, um, they just told us we got to get back to campus ASAP. So, yeah, that was it. Um, so that was Thursday. Um, we had a conference call Thursday night um, with Andy Rowden and a few other people. And uh, they pretty much told us the season's canceled. And then Friday morning, we hopped on a plane back to Michigan, and the rest is history. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Certainly a tough time for everybody involved, but maybe a little bit even more for you. For you, for those that don't know, you've been battling injury for the better part, better part of two years, uh, hadn't pitched a couple of years, and finally was feeling healthy, able to get on the mound after surgery a couple of years ago after a long recovery. So I know it's probably even harder to talk about now, but what's it like knowing that you were finally back feeling healthy and then kind of getting that, that opportunity cut short? And then what does it mean for, for you in the future? And what are you doing now to kind of stay in shape and be prepared for next year? Yeah, um, it, was, it was pretty tough, um, you know, going through the Tommy John surgery and all the rehab. You know, actually today is the two year of, I had surgery two years ago today. Um, so it's pretty crazy, but yeah, just all the work I, I did to get back healthy, feeling hundred percent, um, you know, finally getting out there, be able to throw, um, first time since junior year. And then for it to end like this is, you know, it, it sucks, but, um, you know, it's not just me going through it. Kind of like we talked about as a team, it's like literally everybody in the country is going through this. Um, so it's pretty crazy feeling, but um, it'll all work out in the end. Um, and then just stay ready. Um, you know, just I'm just doing stuff every day, working out, going for a run, trying to keep my body in as much in shape as possible and as, uh, as much game ready as possible for whenever we get the all clear to go, I'll be ready to go. Um, you know, doing long toss when I can with my dad or, or just doing like some heavy balls, some, throwing some heavy balls or something, just, just trying to stay in, in game mode as much as possible. Um, so whenever we get the all clear, I'll be ready to go. Do you think it could be an advantage for some teams? I mean, like your team, for example, is a lot of pretty young guys that maybe now that they'll have an extra time to, to get their bodies ready and to get into game position. I know it's never ideal to not be playing games for a year, but could it actually help some teams to have a little bit more time off and an extra really year to prepare before they hit the diamond? Yeah, for sure. You know, we, uh, um, you know, every team's different, but our team, you know, we didn't get off to the start we wanted to. Um, and, you know, there were some some younger guys that were getting some playing time. So, you know, for them to get their feet, their toes in the water and kind of see what college baseball's like um, for 14 games it was, they kind of got the gist of it. And I know it's it's tough way to end the season, but they kind of know what to expect now. And now they'll come back next year um, knowing what they have to do, knowing what how hard of a grind it is, like just kind of knowing the foundation of everything. Um, so they have experience now, so they can come back and get everybody healthy. Everyone kind of knows what to expect. So, yeah, for a team like us, it for sure could help us out. Let's talk a little bit about something outside of baseball. Most classes are still going on, still have to, yeah. to be a student as well. And, you know, I, you're at a little bit of an unfair advantage because you've been at Eastern for like 19 seasons, so you're <laughs> pretty well seasoned in the, in the academic part of the game. But like kind of transitioning to all online – and having that new experience, is that, has that been kind of fun for you to, to be able to do it from home or is it just a little bit different or? It's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I'm in grad school now, so it's, it's different. Um, 
doing everything online because usually it's only one class a week for like it's like a three-hour class so um you know it's different you know kind of learning all that stuff we do in in person trying to do that all online now it's it's different but um you know a lot of the stuff's like projects and papers and stuff so that stuff really doesn't change that much um but a lot of the powerpoints are now just online you know it's different not seeing everybody but um it's cool i get to ask my parents for a little bit of help too so it's cool but yeah, for the most part, it's, it doesn't really change that much for grad school, um, except you're learning all the three-hour class online instead of in person. So. And for our listeners out there, I know it may surprise you because you, if you know anything about Davis, but he does do a pretty good job about going to class. I can attest for him on that, so I'm sure his academics are, are staying up to par. Davis, I know, you know you're one of the more seasoned veterans on the team, and so <laughs> – Something like this is obviously shocking for you too, but you've handled adversity. You've been through that. Some of the younger guys may not have gone through anything in their career quite like this. What has your kind of role been, although it might not be on the field this last couple of weeks, but what have you tried to do the last couple of weeks to, to stay in touch with those teammates and, and to reach out and be the kind of leader that, that you're known for, for being on the field? Yeah, um, you know, so – Everyone took it differently, um, but the, the younger guys kind of took it hard because, you know, as their, if the freshman especially, it was their first season, you know, um, you know they kind of wanted to play, play through it and they didn't even get to MAC play. They didn't get to play a home game. So a lot of those younger guys kind of took it hard. So just making sure you reach out to them every other day, a couple days a week, just making sure they're doing all right. Not even talk about baseball, just talk about whatever. Just start a conversation with them, small talk, just making sure they're, they got their head above water still and they're, you know, they're staying on top of whatever they need to do, making sure they're working out and not just sitting around, you know, just making sure they're, yeah, just kind of like I said, making sure they're staying on top of stuff and making sure everything's all right at home and with their family and everything like that. So just kind of, you know, just making making sure that um, they know that I'm there for them. Just kind of doing stuff like that. Um, just making sure they know that they have somebody to talk to. And then on the flip side of that, you know, you don't get to be around your teammates every day and your coaches who are usually that – that kind of push to, to stay motivated, working hard. Have they been able to continue to motivate you from outside? What has been kind of that extra motivation for you? Because it's tough for all of us sitting at home, not being in a regular routine. What's been able to kind of keep you motivated? I know you're working out every day. You're continuing to, to prepare like baseball seasons right around the corner. So what's been that kind of extra push for you uh, do, during this kind of weird time? Yeah. I, um, you know, kind of like I was saying earlier, like, all the rehab I did for two years to get back healthy and then for a time like this. And then when I, when I did play, the season didn't really go, um, you know, how anyone wanted it to. So it's just trying to, just trying to fix those problems, trying to be better than, you know, you can always get better. Um, like my dad always says, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse every day. So, you know, just trying to get better every single day and um, trying to fix those mistakes I'm watching film. Um, you know, I'm talking to AJ and, and coach roof almost I don't know, two, three times a week. Um, so just talking to them, making sure they know that, you know, I'm staying on top of my, my stuff and, you know, the opportunity to play pro ball maybe next year's, you know, that's always a big motivation for me. You know, just trying to make, like I said, just trying to make sure I'm ready whenever the, whenever we get the all clear to start playing baseball again, that I'm at a hundred percent. Obviously not being an Ypsilanti right now, not what you expected, but a chance to, spend some more time back home. What has it been like to kind of get some extra time with them that maybe you didn't expect? Or, you know, has it been driving you nuts? Or has it been nice being home? Are your parents making you do extra chores? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I got to clean my room and do a bunch of other stuff around the house, but it's fine. You know, my brother, my brother's at Michigan State, my sister's at Central. Um, so for us, we don't really see each other that much during the school year. Um, so for us to all be home right now, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, watching movies together, binge watching shows. Yesterday we went out and played cornhole and playing cards and stuff as a family. So it's really good family time. Um, unfortunate circumstances, but it's really cool to have the family all back and doing some family stuff because we probably won't get this family time alone for this long of time, probably ever again. Um, so it's pretty cool to have family back and just doing family stuff again, like when we were younger. So it was cool. Are you the uh, the oldest sibling, or how? What's the sibling? Yeah, yeah, I'm the oldest. My brother's a junior at Michigan State, and my sister's a freshman at Central. All right, which one? Uh, which one do you fight more with? Fight more with probably my sister. <laughs> yeah, well, me and my, me and my brother, which you know, we're the we're the boys, so we just we get along pretty well. It's it's my sister that you know she gets she gets our gears going a little bit, so. What's uh what's what's the least favorite uh, activity that mom and dad make you do at home? Uh, probably, probably putting our clothes away. You know, my mom does the laundry still. Thank you, but uh, folding them and putting them away—that's that's probably the the worst. Well, there you have it, folks. It's, the, not, it's laundry, not that bad, but Davis Feldman getting his laundry done for him at home, getting to hang out with his family and been watching shows davis how many times a day you've been washing your hands are you freaked out about it i'm doing it like a hundred times a day yeah. my my mom's like like super strict on that like every time i even like go up to do anything she's like make sure you wash your hands wash your hands wash your hands or hand sanitizer or and like everything it's a hundred times a day maybe it's crazy yeah. Well, certainly an interesting time, but we're happy that you were able to come on and uh, give the listeners a little bit about your life at home, what's been going on since baseball season. I know we miss seeing you out on the diamond, but hoping for all the continued success for you as you continue to work out. If you're in the neighborhood, drive by. Davis will be out there running, throwing some baseballs around at the local oh, yeah. schools. So we'll keep in touch with him throughout the rest of what would be the season. And Davis, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on. Stay safe, man. All right. Absolutely. More on the Eastern Insider right after this. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Your stay-at-home blues version of the Eastern Insider uh, continues as we talk this week with EMU Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, Gretchen Buskirk, uh, who's happy and lucky enough to be our newest guest on the show. And Gretchen, we can't thank you enough. How are, first off, you holding up in the, the new reality? Usually it's a busy time of year for you, balancing sports and budgets and everything else. And what does your new reality look like? Yeah, thanks so much for having me um, today. So, yeah, it's a little bit new new routine um, for us, for sure. So as athletic trainers, we're definitely used to being up and out behind a desk um, and working with athletes at practices. And this is the time of year when the weather's getting nice and it's nice to be out at practice again. And 
Um, so the, but we're not having that right now. And so it's a little bit different. Uh, so a little bit more, a little bit different, um, staying behind a, a desk and a computer a little bit more than, than we're used to. But, um, I, I'm getting into a new routine myself with it and, um, kind of learning a, a new normal for us for right now. There's some folks trying to, to gain some background on you. You're in your second year at Eastern Michigan, but no stranger to the Mid-American Conference. You spent eight years at the University of Toledo. And prior to that, you did stays at Furman University, North Carolina State, and you're then your alma mater at Elon. So first off, kind of what got you into the field? What was kind of the moment that, that you knew that athletic training was kind of the route that you wanted to go? Yeah, so I was always uh, in sports. Um, I played soccer in a former life year round and um, really just enjoyed the aspect of sports and then the medical world, the, the human body, specifically how the human body moved really fascinated me. So um, it was through my brother's friend in high school that really kind of pointed me or opened my eyes to the world of athletic training. And I kind of got into, I shadowed the, my high school athletic trainer um, and worked with him for four years um, in, as a high school student, kind of um, getting my feet wet into athletic training and figuring out that, you know, kind of the passion of, of what, what athletic training was and um, really just kind of um, firmed up that that's what I wanted to do. And so I, uh, I was not the traditional college student that switched majors five times, six times. It was, um, I went in as a freshman of college, you know, declaring myself uh, an athletic training major or wanting to do athletic training. So um, it definitely was a very straight linear line of, of, of career choices for me. But um, for me, it blended uh, my love of sports, uh, my ability to, to help people, um, and then the, the medical world as well. The medical field right now is obviously so important all the time, but right now, elevated maybe more than we've ever seen before in our personal lives. So first off, obviously, thank you for coming on and, and thank you for all that, that you do for our student athletes and beyond. I think it's incredible and we're, we're very lucky to have you on. Secondly, congratulations because anybody that can spend eight years of their life at Toledo deserves recognition, but we're happy to have you here in the green and white. And question for you is, you know, so many, so much of your job, like you talked about is, is physical. And I think that's what people kind of expect out of our athletic trainers, being physically with the athletes, being able to evaluate them in person. How has your job changed in the last month or so, having to do it kind of virtually? And what does that process look like with our student athletes? Yeah, definitely uh, a, a new change of pace for us, for sure. Um, there's, there's, like so many other people, there's, there's no handbook for the situation. And so we, we just kind of have to take it one step at a time. Uh, address one situation as it comes up and, and figure out the best way to, to handle that. Um, and I've told this to other people, you know, our, our mission has not changed in all of this. Our mission, you know, to provide a quality and holistic healthcare for our student athletes still remains the same. And our delivery is a little bit different in how we do that. So we've had to get a little creative, just like everybody else. Um, so whether that means virtual rehabs, you know, Zoom and telehealth appointments, um, even across uh, the pond to our, our international um, athletes in, in England is kind of cool to, to see. Um, but just kind of being able to figure out how to check in with our athletes, whether it's, um, and, and it's from a rehab standpoint, so just check in with our athletes uh, and continue their rehab progressions, 
with Zoom, um, virtual rehabs, um, sending home, them home with uh, home exercise programs. Um, for those athletes that were able to head home to their permanent home, um, setting them up with formal physical therapy if they needed to, or just kind of making sure um, each athlete um, had what they needed to, to continue to get better and, and um, improve to get back on the court or their field. Um, I think the one thing, um, the one piece to this COVID-19 um, kind of treating the athlete remotely and kind of not being physically able to work with them hands-on, one-on-one, um, I think we've had to emphasize the mental health aspect of our jobs and, and making sure that um, we're doing wellness checks. I know our coaches and our administrators and everybody um, on our campus is, is checking in with our athletes, but, you know, as athletic trainers, making sure that we know or we're checking in with our student athletes, especially ones that we know that have a history um, and that just making sure that they know that we're here um, and, and that they have the, the appropriate help that they need um, and just doing some wellness checks. Um, you know, if they're not on our injury report right now, but just checking in just to say, hey, how, how are you doing? How's your family? How are, how are classes going? Um, I think it's important that we've recognized or acknowledged that there's, there's a bunch of new stressors happening right now for our student athletes, whether that's shifting from traditional classes to online classes, that's an adjustment, that's a stressor. Um, being at home might be a stressor or just getting out of the routine of on campus and um, getting out of the routine of, of team practices and being in the weight room with their team and things like that. So um, I think it's that we've just had to figure out as a staff, um, you know, how to best support our student athletes um, in that time and, and what that looks like. You mentioned your staff and uh, you have a, a growing staff that you continue to, to build, eight assistants, numerous GAs and, and students. You just come off uh, the month of March, which was National Athletic Training Month, uh, to recognize all that you and your staff do as part of a nationwide effort. Granted, it kind of got uh, sidetracked a little by everything going off, but talk about your staff. I mean, it takes a lot of moving pieces to take care of 450 student athletes and 18 teams. How do you go about uh, one trying to balance both your uh, work-life balance, but also then working to make sure that everybody else is, in, is taking care of themselves in times like this? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, I think I'm, I'm very fortunate um, to lead a, a group of young athletic trainers that um, are very passionate um, about the, the profession and helping student athletes and um, really just are willing to step up at any given time and, and, and do what we need to do to help. Um, so whether that's uh, switching to uh, help out with cover different team for a practice or travel with another team. So um, I, I feel like this group, uh, this group that we have is, is always eager and, and willing to um, kind of do whatever we need to do something extra to, to take care of our student athletes. So um, that makes my job so much easier that, that they're able to, and um, to, to, to help out like that. So um, I think for us, it's just um, as far as the balancing, um, you know, I work directly with the, the women's volleyball team um, as the athletic trainer, but just kind of making sure, um, just checking in with, with our staff um, that they have the resources that they need um, to take care of their student athletes um, and, um, you know, just to kind of continue developing them.
you talked a lot about kind of the unique qualities that your staff is having to kind of throw together and use right now and some of the different tactics that maybe you wouldn't have used in person, but you've had to be creative and try new things. Are there things like that, aspects like that, that you can foresee the staff using once we get back to normal or a semi-normal once we're in person? Is there things that have, um, you know, kind of been a silver lining or a benefit of this that has improved the staff or will help continue to, to help you guys grow as athletic trainers? Yeah, I think it's just another tool that we've been able to add to our toolbox. Um, I think as a, as a healthcare professional, it's just whatever, however tools we can just keep adding um, and just to give us the versatility of, of being able to help our student athletes. So um, probably uh, virtual rehab is probably not our best, um, most ideal situation, but there's definitely, um, you know, the, the ability to, to do this is, is helpful in the technology, whether it's through FaceTime or, um, or whatever, you know, sending videos, um, you know, I just, uh, just sending uh, videos and technology has definitely helped kind of with our, with our job. So that's probably something that we probably will continue or kind of able to use throughout the, um, when we return to normal, but um, what that looks like exactly, probably not. There comes a point in time that you're still, um, as a healthcare professional, that face-to-face -face interaction, um, that hands-on treatment is, is paramount um, and, and, and top-notch. Everybody, of course, wants the, the crystal ball of when things are going to return to normal and when they start to get see sports going back on, on on the competition side of things. In your opinion, once it's back to whatever that new normal is going to be, how long will it take before student athletes and even professionals are really ready to get back out competing like they normally would? Yeah, that's a great question. I think we're having conversations within um, our profession right now, within our conference, um, just in, in across the nation right now of what that looks like. And I ultimately think it depends on how long this stay home um, orders happen um, or are in place throughout the, the, the nation. So the longer the deconditioning um, period happens, the longer the acclimatization or the reconditioning period has to be. So um, whenever normal life gets back, um, that's, I think, the biggest, the, the top priority of figuring out what does that acclimatization period look like um, for each of the sports, um, especially the outside sports and the heat, um, a little bit different than an inside sport with more climate controlled areas. So, um, but what that looks like exactly, it's still too early to tell. Um, I think if, if you know, sports are able to start back up in the summer sometime, late summer, um, then you have some, you have some time, but um, how sports gets reintroduced is really important. And so it's not just going right back into two a day practices to make up for lost time. It is, it's not going from zero to 60 miles an hour. It's what does, what does that look like each week um, and each day and each practice and having intent and purpose with those, training sessions, those lifting and conditioning, um, any type of physical activity, there has to be kind of some thought process and periodization to, to that. Um, and that's from a, from a safety standpoint, um, we know that um, if you jump right back in um, after a deconditioning period um, without the getting acclimatized back, um, your increased risk of injury and catastrophic sudden death are, are through the roof. Um, and so, um, that's what we need to be careful of when life comes back to normal and 
Um, what that looks like exactly, I don't know, um, but that is definitely something um, that is being talked about right now on a national level. To go along with that, you're tasked with handling your normal job as well, but you're also the administrative kind of figurehead of this athletic training department at Eastern. So you're putting together these plans and managing the group of how you guys are going about this stuff. But I think people wonder too, you know, in your position, where is the information coming from? What's it look like right now for you as an administrator? Who are you meeting with? How often are you meeting with? How often are you consulting with outside doctors, the Mid-American Conference, the NCAA? What is that process kind of looking like for you right now to help you your plans of action? Yeah, no, I think those conversations with all of those those parties that you just mentioned are, are happening. So um, I'm, I'm in touch with administration at the athletic administration at, at Eastern um, multiple times throughout the week. Um, I think from a, um, a sport participation and activity from a medical standpoint, the climatization aspects, um, information, um, that's a big piece um, with coming from our team physicians, uh, our medical director, Dr. Robert, Robert Kinningham and all of our team physicians um, are very in tune with a lot, a lot of that information. Um, but um, so th that's a piece. Um, and I think across the, the nation um, with just our, my peers, um, uh, with the College Athletic Trainer Society has a, um, a strong conversation going on right now with all college and university athletic trainers of what are they going to do. Um, and so that's an active conversation right now. But um, I, and I, and Tibley also provides a lot of guidance as far as the acclimatization um, and period and kind of guidelines from that standpoint. So um, I think you just have to um, stay in tune with the conversations. Um, you know, we've had conversations with uh, my peers in the MAC um, about uh, last week, I think it was, we started a conversation. So um, different parts all over the, the country are having those conversations probably weekly, if not more. Um, and those will, those will increase um, as we kind of get a better picture of what that looks like. Um, and as a side note, I got to give a good shout out to all of our team physicians right now. <laughs> they um, do so much for us uh, at, at Eastern um, within Eastern Athletics and taking such good care of our student athletes um, and helping our student athlete or helping our athletic training staff as well. But um, they're all right now in the midst of this COVID-19 um, in the hospitals fighting um, and managing those cases. So I got to give them a, a big shout out um, for all, and, and thank them for all that they're doing right now. And they're shifted uh, a little away from us right now and onto the COVID-19 patients and rightfully so. Um, but uh, we appreciate all that, 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 that they are doing. Yeah, I think that was kind of going to be my, my last touching point is, is here in Washtenaw County, we're, we're lucky enough that you're partners with MedSport and the University of Michigan Health Systems, but you've also got St. Joe's right across the street from, from Eastern. How do you go about trying to, to do or, or ways to, to best support them uh, in these times of crisis? That even if normal people are out there just wanting to help, what would be your recommendations to, to how they can support those, those frontline workers? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing um, for, for anybody out there um, to, to listen to the stay home orders. I think that's the best thing right now to, to quarantine or to help stay home and just stop the spread, flatten, help flatten curve um, and, uh, and stop the spread of the COVID-19. Um, you know, wash your hands with warm water, um, 
20 seconds is longer than you think, but uh, however you need to do it, just making sure that you thoroughly wash your hands often. Um, that's the best practice. Um, if washing your hands isn't available, the hand sanitizer um, is, is also useful. Um, but um, I think finding ways to help, supporting our, to help support our physicians um, and hospital systems, um, they're in dire need of, of masks and, and supplies, cleaning wipes, things like that. So um, anything um, that you guys have or that's accessible, I think donations are, are um, always welcomed um, and appreciated. Um, and I think they're also, um, I, I think they're just very appreciative of everybody that's helping out and um, doing what they can. Gretchen, we can't thank you enough for your time and, and what you do. You and your staffs put out countless uh, time and hours helping our, our student athletes and coaches off the field. And I don't think people realize how many hours that they spend in the training room and, and with you guys making sure that they're ready to compete whenever people show up to watch them. And so huge thank you to you. And, and I appreciate you coming on. Of course, I hope you and Jared are staying healthy and, and everything is good in your neck of the woods. And we'll be looking to, to get back to the convo soon enough. Yes, definitely. Thank you guys so much for having us. And Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Remember, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, or emueagles.com. Until next week, stay safe.